podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. De Bruyne, oh, one mil city! Funnels! And Pogba leaves for McTominay! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tariwa Chanakira, and his guest, Jake Jackman. It's game week 25, and you know what that means. It's another episode of A Tad Predictable, um, joined this week by the king of Bankit or Burnett. Uh, we'll, we'll, review, we'll reveal Alex's scores Later on in the show, she was on last week. She was going after your throne, Jake. Jake Jackman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. I'm uh, surprised I still hold that title, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. It was close. Um, Alex did really well with her prediction. So uh, she got 15. And obviously, you still hold the record at 17. But uh, as as I was going through it... Um, it was starting to get really, really close as I, as I was tabulating all the different scores that were that were coming in, and I mean, oh man, it, it it was getting really nervy. I think there was one, which fixture was it? It was the Brighton versus Aston Villa fixture where she got four out of five, and I was like, oh, this is getting close. And then, yeah. Uh, you, you still you still were able to pip her at the end. Well, you know what they say: the the second place is the first loser, or something like that. <laughs> These are fighting words. I let her know earlier that um, that she didn't quite beat you, and she was like, "I have to get back on. I need to take him down." So you definitely have to probably put some distance between you and the rest on this week's show. I feel like I've been trying to do that for quite some time and I've been back <laughs> on and I've not been able to. So maybe that was my fluky week, but I'll, 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 I'll try and put some distance, maybe go for 20. I think if you get 20, I don't think you're getting caught there. No, no, I think, I think that's a insurmountable amount of points there. Jake, uh, obviously as our resident Newcastle fan on this show, um, I'm curious to pick your brain on, what is going on at Newcastle? How do you feel the season's going? I mean, from obviously from the outside looking in, it doesn't look like everything's going well, yet you still look like you're going to make it somehow. Yeah, it's it's been a strange one. I think in the middle of the season, especially, um, it was going really badly. I think we lost uh, 10 out of 11 or something like that in all competitions. It was looking really worrying for a little bit. Steve Bruce's job was under threat. Um, the fans have, uh, well, I think the fans have made the decision on Steve Bruce. He's never going to be, he's never going to be rated and he's, fans are going to want him out until he goes. So that's, that's where that stands. But over the last four or five games, we've actually been playing a lot better. We've moved to a four, four man defensive, a diamond formation. Um, 
with Joe Willock coming in and St. Maximan coming back into the team and Almiron being played in his best position. It's actually been quite good. We beat Southampton. Um, probably would have won that game more comfortably had we not had a red card and about four injuries, which meant we are clinging on with nine men. But we still managed to see it through. Um, beat Everton as well as way from home, but it seems everybody's doing that at the moment, so I'm not sure if that was <laughs> such a great result. But no, it's two wins out of out four. We should have beat Palace at home as well. We were the better team in that one. And the second half against Leeds, we were we were good as well. So there have been quite a few good performances. Obviously lost to Chelsea, but Chelsea, um, I think on the night, they just played really well. They they set up a formation that really counted the formation that we've been playing. They they loaded the flanks up. They had Alonso going down one, hudson Doy going down the other. And just really outnumbering us on the flanks. And that's, if you're gonna, if you're coming up against us now, that's the way to play against us is to outnumber us on the flanks. Um, and Tuchel is obviously just a very clever manager, and he 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 saw how to 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 beat the Newcastle team in this formation. We're obviously still quite a poor team, so it's not hard to do. But he he saw the way to set up, and it worked for Chelsea, and they they were much the better team. So I'm not taking too much disheart from that. I just think we'll beat them by a better team. Um, but there were still some positive signs. We pressed high and it looked like we're going to stick with the approach. I look at the upcoming games, uh, Manchester United, I don't think they're going to be quite as tactically aware as, as Chelsea. Um, and they, they've got defenders where if you press them high, they will will give up the ball in dangerous areas. And Maguire and Lindelof, I don't think Shaw and, and Wan-Bissaka is as effective going forward as the two Chelsea fullbacks either. So I don't think they're going to have as much joy as the Chelsea fullback. So I, th- I think that's a, a good game for us. And we've got Wolves and West Brom and their two games. That I think they, they were both struggling against the team that presses high. So I think our upcoming fixtures are actually quite good. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite, I'm I, I'm probably one of the most positive Newcastle fans there is at the moment. I think that we're going to be okay. Um, and I'm not even saying that because I think we'll finish above Fulham. I'm not even 100% certain of that, but I think we're going to finish above at least one other team. So I'm not too worried about Fulham. I'm, I'm, concentrating on putting another team in between us and Fulham and if you want to know what the team that is I think I'm going to say Crystal Palace I think Crystal Palace have fallen like a stone and I've seen it before of Newcastle doing similar things and if you watched if you watched Newcastle's last four games and Palace's last four games you, you'd, you'd think that we're probably going to take a lot more points than them over the rest of the season so I'm not too worried about Fulham um, because of that, but yeah, the the Palace result was a was a really poor one because we should have won that game. We had, I think it was about twenty five shots in goal to their four, and they won two one. So, if if we did win that night, we'd be sitting above them in the table right now. So it was it seemed quite a pivotal result in the short term, but over the next you know ten fifteen games, I think we're gonna slowly move up that table, and I don't think we're gonna finish too clear of relegation, but I think we'll be just about all right in about sixteenth position. So. Yeah, I think we'll be okay, but it is nervy at the moment just because Fulham seem to be playing a lot better than they have been. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, especially with Palace that you mentioned, they've got their next two games are Brighton and Fulham, so those are like must-win games. Otherwise, they're going to get roped in. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that there's optimism coming from Newcastle fans or, and, and you're leading the charge in, in that respect. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's <laughs> from Newcastle fans, it's just me. I'm just on my own. On the, I'm just on my own here. But yeah, I've got It's a one-man <laughs> charge. It's a one-man charge. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I, I just, I, I do still think, um, as you said, there, there, there was enough going on at Newcastle that's positive at the moment that's going to lead to you guys not only putting distance uh, between you guys and and the teams that are below you, but then also looking to 
put other teams in between you guys and and I'm sure that's probably the next target now um following somewhat steadying of the ship as you say uh, some of those uh, losses in your record it's it's unlucky games um, I'm looking at that Crystal Palace game specifically um but Jake we've got a whole host of fixtures this week uh, is is there one specifically that you're eyeing out or it's just um you're happy to take all all fixtures at this stage of the season. Yeah, I think it's all fixtures. I'm not particularly. Uh, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm not one to. I just think it's a it's a weird part of the season. I think that there's something to be learned from all the games this weekend and, and against every opposition Newcastle come up against as well. So yeah, I'm, I think it's getting an interesting part of the season. Um, and I think you know, there's in the league at the moment. I only say it's it's only Manchester City that. A team would come up against. I think they weren't going to win, so that that's going to cause a lot of interest and results over the short term period, especially with European football coming back. I can see a lot of those, um, I guess, top six traditional teams, which which then maybe not anymore. But I can see, you know, the Arsenal's, um, Liverpool's, Chelsea's, uh, Tottenham's, um, Arsenal's, etc., losing um, a few more games. Um, than would be expected. I'm not. I'm not going to pick out any individual team, but I think we're going to see a few more shock results. But I mean, that's been happening throughout the season as well. As you'll know all too well, with like Burnley and and Brighton coming to Anfield and winning. They've been weird results all season, but I think we're going to continue to see that um, because I think the teams that aren't in Europe are going to benefit a lot from having the extra extra rest. And I think in in a season so short as this one, we're really going to see that pay dividends over the coming weeks. I think. And and a lot of these teams can't afford to take too many lost too many more losses. Now, when we're speaking about these in commas, traditionally big six sides, or at the very least all the teams that are in Europe, um, they've all left a lot to be done this season to even secure top four. Obviously, City aside, who I think are just immense at the moment, and I don't see anyone stopping them. But for the rest, uh, everything is to fight for. Uh, we look at Arsenal and Tottenham, who are tenth and ninth in the league. Obviously, Spurs have a game in hand. Uh, then move up to Liverpool in sixth. Obviously, as defending champions, you'd be hoping to be a lot higher in the league than that. Then uh, Chelsea, four wins on the trot. They're in fourth place. Then you've got Leicester, Man United, um, second and third place. Uh, Man United above Leicester on goal difference. So yeah. Uh, I don't think any of those teams can afford to start dropping off too much because it, it's going to be a hell of a chase to to squeeze into that top four. There are too many teams and, and it's just not the math isn't adding up. But Jake, we'll head on to our first fixture and it's a Friday fixture, uh, which is always fun for me. I, I enjoy those Friday fixtures every now and again. And it's Wolves versus Leeds probably two of the more exciting teams to watch play um at least you you kind of know you're going to get end-to-end football in this game right yeah so i think it should be uh quite a good game um i think with leeds as whoever they play against it's going to be a an end-to-end open game and um, we saw that against arsenal i saw it when they played newcastle a few weeks ago they're just always entertaining they must have the highest average amount of goals in their games so yeah i think there should be goals in this one um with Wolves, they've had a, a strange transitional season with um, Jota and Doherty leaving, and um, Jimenez getting injured. That's you know three key players from last year that are no longer there. Uh, they're bringing in the likes of Neto and Fabio Silva um, into the team, 
and eight Nori at left back. There's been a lot of rotation, but they just don't seem to have a settled team. And even the games they've won recently haven't been too impressed to them. I thought Southampton could have could have been winning by more, uh, and the penalty decision was was questionable. Um, but then they did play well after they did equalise. Uh, Neto especially is one that seems to be playing at a, a consistently high level for them. Um, so I think he's going to have a lot of a lot of joy against Leeds and Adamo Traore if he plays because Leeds will leave themselves open at the back and, and in Neto and Traore they've got two really highly skilled dribblers so I think there should be goals in this one um, I think I'm I'm going to tip the 2-2 draw I'm not overly confident on back in either team I think that Leeds will have a lot of the play but I think Wolves are going to be such a such a danger on the counter-attack it's just whether they They've got the players to score the goals once Traore and Neto get into the final third because Neto might does score a few, but Traore doesn't. So they're going to need somebody to to score the goals. So that that might be the one thing that holds Wolves back. But I think they'll get a lot of chances. But yeah, I think I'm going to go two-all draw, uh, and it should be quite a good start to the weekend. That would be fun viewing for the neutrals. Um, I, I think uh, Leeds are probably the hardest team to predict. <laughs> for me each and every week you you know that how they're going to play you know they're going to bring end-to-end games out of people you just don't know what the scoreline is going to be at the end of that um for example you know we saw last week they credit to them they continued playing the same way and they started a mini comeback obviously it, it stopped at two goals but you can see that they're not going to you know sway away from how they play um, and sometimes it leads to them getting hidings. Sometimes it leads to them giving hidings. And I, and I think that's just a reflection of how the season's going to go for them. Um, but yeah, it's it's really fun to watch. Uh, flipping the coin here, I'm I'm going to go with a two-one Leeds win. I I just think that um, obviously they they would have been encouraged with the end of the Arsenal game. Not so much the beginning of it. And as you said, Wolves didn't look particularly great against Southampton. And I, I think Leeds will have enough to exploit that. Obviously, they have to worry about that counter-attack coming from Wolves. As you said, Neto's looking impressive. Adam Traore is always a threat um, with his pace. And we just mentioned Southampton there. A team that you know has faced now five losses in a row. They come up against a Chelsea side who've had four wins in a row and a draw. Um, is there hope for Southampton in this game against a Chelsea side that are starting to look really impressive? Yeah, um, I think Southampton are going to win again soon, but it's going to be tough. I, I wasn't sure what to think of Chelsea before I watched them against Newcastle yesterday. I thought that we had a, or Monday even, I thought we had a good chance um, just because I thought Chelsea hadn't really been tested at the back, but we just didn't get the ball to test them. So I think it's it's more to do with Chelsea's um, style than it is teams being negative against them. We know Southampton are going to try and be positive. They can't play any other way. Um, but Chelsea are so strong down down the the sides at the moment with with Alonso playing. And even if they brought Chilwell in. Um, and, then, and then on the other side, you've got Hudson-Odoi or Reese james And Southampton have got fullback issues at the moment. Bertrand hasn't been at his best this year. I think Walker-Peters is injured, which might see Stevens or Ward-Prowse go out to, to right back. And you just think that Chelsea are going to have as much joy as they did against us, against Southampton. So it's going to be... I think there's going to, I think Southampton will be the first uh, team to score a goal against uh, two shells, Chelsea. 
uh, at least one that isn't an own goal. So I think they'll be the, become the first opposition team to score an actual goal against Chelsea. But I think Chelsea will have more than enough to win. I just don't think Chelsea, uh, Southampton are very strong at the back. Um, I mean, they conceded three goals against us in the first half. Uh, and that doesn't happen very often. Uh, and obviously nine against Manchester United. I think, especially without Walker-Peters, I thought there was an improvement against Wolves. But, you know, we spoke about how Wolves don't score many goals and they scored two against Southampton as well. So they just seem to be struggling at keeping goals out at the moment. So I can see them scoring. Um, but yeah, I think Chelsea should get the three points and continue their their surge up the table. So yeah, I think it's going to be 3-1 Chelsea. But um, I think it should be an entertaining watch. Um, and I think that Southampton, even if they do lose, as, as, as I'm predicting, I think that they'll have a lot of positives to take out of the game um, into a fixture that I think we're going to talk about later on as well against Leeds. So yeah, that's, I think that it's not all doom and gloom for Southampton, but I am predicting another loss. Yeah, this Chelsea game comes at the worst time for them. Uh, I think it was so crucial for them to get the win over Wolves. And as you said, they were very unlucky with the decisions and also the defending wasn't too great as well. Uh, and Ings' goal deserved to be a winner at the very least, or at least contributing to a winning performance. So that they'll be feeling hard done by by that. Um, yeah, I, I don't see them getting past this Chelsea side. I think Tuchel's got them set up really well. As you said, defensively is my worry for Southampton. I just see them conceding at least two. And then the worry is, do they then get enough of the ball to then go and, and get two or three goals to try and turn this game over? And I, I just don't see that happening. I'm going to go with a 3-1 Chelsea win for this one. Uh, could you remind me, your score was... 3-1, so I think 3-1 we as well. agreeing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, I think the game is shaping up in that way. One game I'd be very surprised if it's 3-1. It's Burnley versus West Brom. Do you see a 3-1 in this one? Uh, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> we, we're we currently recording while Burnley are playing Fulham, so we don't have the result of that one to go off. So um, while you're listening to this, you will know the result of that, which um, may change, make what we say after this pretty moot but we'll, we'll go for it anyway I think that Burnley at home against the team near the bottom of the table for me just screams 1-0 win every time um, I think they'll have Ben Mee back um, who's missing the game tonight for a concussion so I think he should be back um, so that's a big plus for them and I just West Brom played well against Manchester United but um, they just don't have enough goals in that team and Burnley are a team that are just, they just know how to win Premier League matches especially when they start to, to feel a bit of danger themselves near the bottom of the table. So, yeah, um, I think West Brom are, are not going to be a Premier League team next year. I think Burnley will be. So, on that basis and just the reliability that Burnley and Sean Dyche have proven throughout the years, I think it's going to be a 1-0 Burnley win. But, yes, if you're going to miss any of the matches this weekend, this is probably the one to miss. It probably is. Uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised with the Burnley result this past weekend. Uh, obviously, especially uh, compounded with the fact that I had brought Lowton into my fantasy team and started him. So it, it was an absolute joy to see that volley and, and for them to keep a clean sheet. But yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of this game. I don't see it being a high-scoring game. I certainly don't see a Lowton goal in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be 2-0 Burnley. I, I, I think they've got enough to get the two goals Obviously, as you said, we haven't, we don't have the benefit of having watched the Fulham game as it's currently going on. But I, I do think that West Brom are kind of struggling at the moment. They're stuttering, still, still haven't, you know, no win in five games. 
three losses and in there and, and two draws and coming up against a Burnley side that just functions really well and has gotten back into a groove, it feels like, and, and they just know how to win games in the Premier League, as you said. So yeah, 2-0 for me, 1-0 for Jake. Jake, there's a Merseyside derby this weekend as well. Is this one of the more evenly weighed out Merseyside derbies, do you think, or not really? Yeah, um, the game earlier this year was obviously high on controversy, so I'm hoping as a neutral we get more of that um, in this one. Um, hopefully not a, a really bad injury suffered by one of the players this time, but um, I'm hoping it will be a good watch with a few goals um, and maybe a red card. <laughs> That's always what you're hoping for as a neutral. But yeah, <laughs> Liverpool have obviously been in poor form. Um, I think that if you're going to play at that high level like they did for, for two or three years, there's always going to be a drop-off. And the, the COVID season with the amount of games and the injuries that you've suffered, it was obviously it, it was always going to be difficult. But the performance against Leipzig was really good. I thought the performance against Leicester was really good until Leicester changed formation. That seemed to really put the the jitters up Liverpool. And it, it just there was obviously a couple of dodgy calls in that one as well, debatable calls. So it was... Um, even though it was 3-1 to Leicester, I thought Liverpool played really well and there's a lot of positive to take from it. Um, and obviously the Kabak playing and and contributing to a clean sheet in the Champions League would have helped. So yes, um, I think they should be favourites to win this one. Everton, you just don't know what you're going to get from Everton. They just they turned up and played so well against Tottenham in the, the Carabao Cup and got the win there. They've They've played really well in a few other matches this year, but then, you know, against Newcastle and against Fulham, they've lost two games at home by two goals. Um, didn't really look like winning either of them, didn't create many clear-cut chances in either of them. Uh, we don't know if Calvert-Lewin will be back, so if he's not back, I think that's a that's a miss. So, yeah, it's difficult to predict with everything. They, they're still in a really good good position in the table. If they win um, a couple of matches, they could be... I think if they win, they'd, they'd go above Liverpool, wouldn't they? So it's all, all to play for. Um yeah, I think I'm going to tip a Liverpool win. I think I'm going to go one nil Liverpool. But I, I think it's not going to be like the game we watched earlier in the season. I think it's going to be more reminiscent of the Merseyside derbies we've seen over the last couple of years, where it's been quite a dour, dour game and decided by a mistake or a bit of quality. I think that's more likely to come from Liverpool. So yeah, I'm going to go one nil Liverpool. I, I, I think the biggest solace for me as a Liverpool fan is that this game is at Anfield. Obviously, there are no fans at the ground and, and all of that stuff, but Everton do not have a good record at Anfield. And every single time I think, okay, maybe this is the time they're going to upset us or something, somehow they always mess it up there. So I'm I'm hoping that it's something similar there. Um, I think, as you said, the Leicester game for Liverpool, I thought those 70-odd minutes, Liverpool looked really, really good. The strikers or the forward line just were not on it for me. Uh, missed quite a few guilty chances and the decision making was really really off uh, so it was kind of criminal that they weren't already at least two goals up uh, in that game uh, and and they paid for it I mean Leicester on the counter-attack you know you know they're going to be potent you know they're good for at least a goal or two and and obviously the con the controversy with the refereeing decisions and and then the mistake at the back it it just absolute capitulation it seemed at that point in time and then they played this past Tuesday in the Champions League and that style of game obviously suits this Liverpool team a lot more where the team is uh, coming out and attacking them and 
leaving a lot of space in behind. I don't think Everton are going to make that kind of mistake against this Liverpool side because that would just be playing into their hands and, and they could be in for something similar to uh, what Leipzig were in for on, on, on Tuesday night. I think Everton can soak up the pressure a lot, sit deep and, and try and break on the counter-attack. And Ancelotti has always given Liverpool trouble, um, especially when he was at Napoli. The, the Those Napoli sides always seem to have one up on Liverpool in, in from a tactical perspective, I thought. So him against Klopp, again, is going to be interesting. Obviously, maybe the, the calibre of player might not be the same uh, that he's working with, but I, th- I think he's got enough there. Um, th- that's why I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my prediction uh, as a 2-1. So I'm, I'm still going with a Liverpool win, but I don't think Liverpool are going to be able to pull away as much as they usually are able to in, at home to Everton purely because of Ancelotti. And I think the tactical work he's going to do is going to be enough just to just to rein them in and, and keep it a score uh, a low scoreline. Um, speaking of low scorelines, um, I'm assuming you don't have a high scoreline for Fulham versus Sheffield United. Um, no, probably not. Um, I've been quite impressed with Fulham. Uh, I think if you know if they started the season a couple of months later, they'd probably be in a, a lot better position. Probably unfortunate only to have three wins, although it might be four by the time people are listening to this, but we don't know that. So, um, yeah, they, I think it's this period of games that they're going to have to get some wins. I think they've got Sheffield United this weekend and then Palace next weekend before playing City and Liverpool. So, you know, if they're going to make up those seven points or, or four points, as it may be, um, they're going to have to win these. I think it's now for Fulham because their fixture list after that for a few weeks is very difficult. Um so there's a lot of pressure on Fulham. No pressure on Sheffield United. Um, I think they did go on a bit of a run, but don't think they're going to get out of it now, especially after I think John Egan got injured in the week um, or last weekend and, and he, Jack O'Connell's out. So as I said, two of their big centre-backs are out and I'm not sure they have the, the strength in depth. So, yeah, I think looking at it, um, I think it'll be a difficult game for Fulham. Sheffield United won't go down easily, but I think Fulham should have enough to get the win. Um but yeah, I don't think it's going to be high score. And I could see maybe a, a 1-0 Fulham or a 0-0. I'm going to lean on the side of Fulham just because I've been quite impressed with how they've been playing. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see it in goalless either. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a... It's, it's another one that's going to be a tough watch. So, you know, you could signal off this... Uh, the, the Burnley-West Brom game and the, the Fulham-Sheffield United game. So two, two, two games you could miss this weekend because I don't think there's going to be a lot of goals. Um I think they could both be quite nervy affairs with, with all four teams sort of seeing it as a game they must win. So, yeah, it's, it, I think I'm going to go for the 1-0 Fulham, but could easily see it being goalless as well. Yeah, I, I think the issue for Fulham, obviously, as simplifying it, if, if I'm simplified, is just not getting the wins over the line. And we saw that early in the season with Brighton where they'll be playing good football and then they end up losing a game or end up drawing the game and it just must feel really frustrating for them as you say if the season had started a little bit later maybe they would have been in in a much better position but this is a game they have no choice but to win they have to win this if they want to give themselves a hope if they want to start getting some momentum start getting some wins together then you have to be beating Sheffield United at home Obviously, Sheffield United not having a great season. They're still a tough team. But as I said, if you want to be um, staying up this season, if you want to be putting pressure on the likes of 
Burnley and Newcastles and Crystal Palaces up there, then you definitely need to win this game. And I, I think I think they're going to be going sort of all out, not recklessly, but all out to try and get the win here, eyeing up the Crystal Palace game after that. And then if they can get the two wins in those back-to-back games, back-to-back wins, then I think it gives them a, a, a little bit of an impetus to try and go and get one of those shock results you spoke about earlier when when the European f- uh, football gets intertwined with all of these fixtures. So I'm, I, out of necessity, I'm going to go with a 2-0 Fulham win. I, I think they, they don't have a choice. They have to go and get a win here. And as you said, maybe not the most visually pleasing game Um for this weekend coupled with the Burnley West Brom game but you, hey you never know and and if you want to have an option where you can watch the games uh this weekend and you don't have to worry about which channel they're on you just want to make sure that the games are on your TV you can watch multiple screens you can watch multiple games at the same time if you want um then I highly recommend that you link up with our presenting sponsors Liberty Shield they are also in connection with our other presenting sponsors, EPLindex.com. So go check out EPLindex.com. Jake has some awesome articles there. Is there one that will do a cheap plug midway? Is there one specific <laughs> article that you can think of right now that you would um, recommend people go check out on EPLindex.com? Yeah, so today I did something on Emil Smith-Rowe and his form since coming into the Arsenal team, which I think should be up either today or... or um or today as you listen on Thursday or on Friday. So yeah, you can check that one out when it goes up. Just look into how he set onto Arsenal, what he's offered, and sort of how he compares to the rest of the league. That is very interesting. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of really promising youngsters there. You mentioned Joe Willock, who's come along board uh, with you guys, and obviously by Karee Saka and, and what he's done and the impact he's had since he's gotten into the team. So yeah, EPLindex.com. Go check out Jake's article, tweet at EPL Index, uh, congratulating Jake on another awesome article as well. And check out our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield, their VPN providers, and you can check out all of their services at libertyshield.com. Jake, I, I know, you know, I, I don't have to bury the lead here. I know the reason you, you, you insistent on coming on was to try and put some distance in the Banquet or Burn It, um, your reign as king continues. 17 points, still the highest, but people are starting to edge a little bit closer to you, and, and I, I think this is the week that you need to pull away. Yeah, I think so. I think I think I have been feeling the heat a little bit. I've seen people are coming on and, and doing quite well, and just thought it was time for me to come and just improve my position and uh, stop a few sleepless nights over the Banquet or Burn It. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff um yeah so i'm i'm gonna put 15 seconds on the clock and jake is gonna answer five questions uh in each of the five rounds before the 15 seconds runs out um and it's to do with the five fixtures that we've spoken about just now it's wolves leeds southampton versus chelsea burnley versus west brom liverpool versus everton fulham versus sheffield united um, the questions, uh, we've got question A, over 30 tackles, question B, less than four yellow cards, question C, over five shots on target, D, headed goal, and question E, point to the heavens goal celebration. 
Jake, have you got your head around the questions? Are you feeling confident? Um, or is, is there a lot of pressure on you this week? Um, I don't know how to feel. I think once we get into it, I'm sure I'll, I'll find my form and uh, remember that 17 points. <laughs> Class is permanent, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's see how you can get on. Um, the first fixture is Wolves versus Leeds, and your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Bank it. Less than four yellow cards. Burn it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Headed goal. Bank it. Point to the Heavens goal celebration. Bank it. Awesome stuff. Always good to start off with a positive banquet um, on the first game for that uh, goal celebration. I, I do enjoy that. We've got Southampton versus Chelsea. You've obviously said that this is going to be a tough game for Southampton. We've both predicted a 3-1 scoreline. Let's see if that influences how you answer these questions. Um, your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Bank it. Less than four yellow cards. Burn it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Head a goal. Bank it. Point to the Heavens goal celebration. Burn it. Burn it. Ooh. There's a lot of goals there. There's a lot of goals there. Yeah. I, I was trying to... Uh, does Timo Werner do a little point to the, point to the Heavens? I can't remember. I, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <I guess we'll... laughs> If he scores, that's if he scores. Um, I think Ings does a point to the heavens. Oh God, I should have uh, should have went for it. That will be interesting. Okay, we got Burnley versus West Brom. Uh, one no score line predicted by Jake. Uh, <laughs> let's see, let's see <laughs> what do you think the celebration is going to be for that one. Uh, your time starts now. Over thirty tackles. Banker. Less than four yellow cards. Burn it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Head a goal. Bank it. Point to the Heavens goal celebration. Burn it. Burn it. Oh. Yep. I could see that. I could see that. That less than five yellow cards keeps getting yeah. me. I keep thinking, is that more? On? I think I've predicted every game to have more than four yellow cards or four or more yellow cards, which is a worry. Yeah. <laughs> And I always feel really bad for someone when it lands on exactly four yeah. or something. And it's like, oh, I don't know. It's just, it, it was a bit of a tongue twister having to say more, you know, four or more yellow yeah. cards or more than four yellow cards. So I was, I was trying also to help you guys as well. Help me help you guys yeah. to get, to get uh, the answers in on time. Um, we got the Merseyside Derby next. Uh, your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Burn it. Less than four yellow cards. Bank it. Over five shots on target. Bank it. Headed goal. Burn it. Point to the Heavens goal celebration. Bank it. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's brave of me now to, to, to predict less than four yellow cards in a derby, but that's in a what derby. I seem to have done. <laughs> and over and less than 30 tackles, pretty much. Because it's over yeah. 30 tackles, you've burnt that. It's a derby. Yeah. Well, maybe the fans not being there might take a lot of the derbiness out of it. 
Uh, yes, we'll that's see. what I'm hoping for. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, the last game for Banket or Burnett this week is Fulham versus Sheffield United, and your time starts now. Over 30 tackles. Banket. Less than four yellow cards. Banket. Over five shots on target. Banket. Head a goal. Burn it. Point to the Heavens goal celebration. Banket. Oh, only one burn it. Well, I suppose it's a one nil. It's a low-scoring game. Very unlikely to get the head of goal. Thank you for playing this week, Jake. We'll see if you can make your championship reign even more undisputed. Um, I think it's pretty undisputed at the moment, although some people would beg to differ with people creeping up on your scores. But we move swiftly along to West Ham versus Tottenham at the Olympic Stadium. West Ham side who... I don't know what to make of them. They've they've got three wins in a, um, three wins out of their previous five games. When Suchek is hot, they look hot. Um, is it as simple as that, or is there more to it? Yeah, I think he's been really good this year. I also think Jesse Lingard has been has been really good since coming in. He seems to be really up for it, and he seems to be a lot better at, at football than I remember. But maybe it was just playing at Manchester United. He didn't stand out as much as he is now at West Ham. Um, but he looks really up for it, and and. Seems to be pushing to to um, revitalise his career, which is which is good to see. I think if Mikel Antonio is fit, that's going to be another big one because he missed last week. And although they played well without a striker against Sheffield United, I think Antonio against Tottenham and and the defenders that they have could be a, a really interesting watch. I hope he's fit. Um, it's going to be a big one for West Ham. I think the only thing with West Ham is it they seem to be very good at winning the games they should win, but when they play against the the top six teams, they just seem to have a bit of an inferiority complex. Um, the Liverpool game, I think, showed that best of all because Liverpool were in a really bad run then and West Ham were flying. And then on the day, it just West Ham didn't really lay a glove on Liverpool. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they do go up against Tottenham and, and get a win. Obviously, earlier in the season, they they came back from, from 3-0 down to, to get a point against Tottenham in what was a, a really good game. Um, so, yeah, it be an interesting one. I think for Tottenham... I mean, their season really rests on what happens in the Europa League now. Um, I still think they could make the top four, but they have to be pretty faultless from here. Um, and, and with the Europa League coming back in, um, then maybe there will be some tiredness on on um, when they play West Ham. So, difficult one to predict. I'm, I think I'm going to lean into Spurs um, and, and predict a 2-1 to Spurs, but I'm not totally confident in that. I just think that I do think they, they've lost a lot of games recently. I think it's got to turn back around. And now Kane's fit. Um, I think it's going to make quite a big difference. I thought in the cup against Everton, they were unlucky. I thought they probably had the better chances and should have won that day. Uh, they just they were just conceding so many. Um, just conceding goals they shouldn't have been conceding. But they were definitely the better team. And they, and they played well against West Brom as well. Losing to City, that can happen. I'm not really judging too much on that. But I think with Kane back, they, they're going to be a much better team. So, um. I think I'm going to predict 2-1 to Tottenham. But, um, yeah, it's a difficult one to predict. Yeah, and, and they've had tough games. I mean, you mentioned the City game. They also then had, you know, uh, West Brom, they got the win there. They get the job done. Obviously, Kane coming back is huge. Uh, p- before that, they played Chelsea, who obviously, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but they've looked impressive since Tuchel has come in. So, 
you don't really fault them for that. Um, the game before that, Brighton, as we said, we know Brighton like to play really well in games, not always get the result. Well, they had back-to-back results against um, Spurs and Liverpool, so you, you got to credit them for getting those over the line. And the week before that, they came up against a Liverpool side that seems to enjoy playing against them, I guess. Um, so, yeah, they've, they've had some tough fixtures and it rolls on to the weekend facing a West Ham side that are in the top five at the moment, have momentum, a lot more momentum than Spurs have at the moment. But I just think that that inferiority complex is going to creep in, as you mentioned. I think also Mourinho is going to want to self-correct somewhat in, in this game and, and get the charge going again. Look, I, I think it's a tall order, you know, getting into top four. But the benefit they have is that no one looks confident of, of securing that top four spot other than City. Every other team looks like they could go on a poor run. And if you can get three or four, you know, wins on the bounce, you probably just jump straight into that top four just based on how close all those teams are. So I think Mourinho will be eyeing that and, and not wanting to get dragged too far below that top four race and and he'll want to win in this one i think their style suits playing against uh west ham side who defensively i'm I'm not sure if they're going to be able to handle kane i don't i don't know who in their defense um will be given that responsibility or whether you know it's just zonally whichever side he ends up on and then the freedom that's on, and, and I think Lamella has looked really good when he's come in. I, I think Spurs have enough to to get a 2-1. I'm going to mirror your 2-1 scoreline for that one, and we'll move on to Aston Villa versus Leicester City. Jake, this is a game I'm really looking forward to because I like the way Aston Villa have played this season. The pieces that they have in there, you know, you're looking at the Grealishes, Ollie Watkins, who I really like, as as he's got all the characteristics, I think, of a really good number nine. Um, Martinez has looked sensational at the back. Um, you know, they've got the likes of Konza and, and Barkley sprinkled in there. They've got a decent team and, and everyone seems to be in form at the moment, which is always good. Coming up against the Leicester side that I'm sure will be bouncing into this game after what happened last week against Liverpool. Yeah, this is a, another really good fixture. Um, I think the, the, I think the, what could decide it in Leicester's favour. I think Matty Cash is going to be missing for Aston Villa. And Aston Villa have been a team this year that haven't made a lot of changes. They've been quite consistent in their lineup. Uh, I think they've used the fewest players um, at, out of any Premier League team. So to to lose one of their starters is a blow, and they they don't really have a, a like for like replacement. I think it's going to be Al Mahamedi likely going to play there who, up against Harvey Barnes, I think is quite a scary prospect. Um, and I don't think Villa have been very good recently. I don't know if they're still having a bit of a hangover from the COVID um, situation they had. Uh, but Brighton dominated them last weekend, and we saw West Ham go to Villa Park and, and were much the better team as well. Um, and I know they, they won against Southampton, but they had a fortunate call there. that They could have had a, a penalty given against them in a red card. So they haven't been too great recently. Uh, played quite well against Arsenal. Um, I thought they were, they were good in that game. But um, an interesting one. I think Leicester having Europa League um, comeback is going to hurt them. I think I can see them dropping a few more points in the next few weeks. Um, just, I just don't think they've got the squad to cope with it. Um, 
So, yeah, maybe that would give Villa a bit of an advantage. Um, but I think there's going to be goals in this one. I don't see Martinez keeping another clean sheet. I think that Barnes up against Al Mohamedi is, is a worry. But I, I think going the other going the other end, I think that, that Grealish can cause them a lot of problems, especially if they've got a Marty playing at right back like they had uh, against Liverpool. I think that Grealish up against him could, could cause them problems. So I don't think that's really going to be as bad as they were against Brighton. Um, Dean Smith called them out after the game, and I think they will be much much better in this one. Um yeah, I'm going to go for another 2-2. Um, I think I predicted that um, for the Leeds-Wolves game, and I'm going to predict it again here. I think it's going to be quite a, quite a good watch, and I think we're going to see goals. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-2. Yeah, I, I was thinking a draw as well. I had written 1-1 one, one here. Uh, I think both teams are going to not necessarily cancel each other out because I, I still think it's going to be a fun game to watch, but I don't. I, I can't pick a winner in this one. I think they're both poised to to exploit the the weaknesses of the other team really, really well. And it will be interesting to see how Leicester can recover in time for this game after their European exploits. Uh, other teams in Europe this week, uh, we've got Arsenal versus Man City. <sighs> um, <laughs> I breathe a heavy sigh because this Man City team looks unstoppable at the moment. Can Arteta pull a masterclass against uh, the old boss? Yeah, um, it's, it's a lot of good games this weekend. Um, this is another one. I think Arsenal really good against Leeds, and I thought they were—they've um, been quite good um, quite often recently. I've been quite impressed with them against Wolves. I thought they were really good up until the red card. I think they're slowly moving in the right direction. I thought the the front the the front four they played with Saka and Odegaard and Smith Rowe and Aubameyang. Yang. It was just so fluid and great to watch. And I hope they persist with that because um, I thought it looked really good. Uh, and it could be the type of type of um, formation that could cause City problems, but City just look like a machine at the moment. Um, I think we will see City drop points. I think that as they continue to to um, increase their lead at the top, I think they will start to look at the Champions League and maybe um, prioritise that. So maybe we'll see one or two players rested against Arsenal um, because they've got Munch and Glad back in, in the Champions League. That might happen. Um, but yeah, I think, it's, I think it's difficult to predict anything other than a Manchester City win at the moment. And I'm not going to be that person to do that. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 Manchester City win. That just seems like quite a good scoreline for them at the moment. Um, but I, I think Arsenal have a chance. If I was an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't be going into this thinking we had no chance. But um yeah, it's it's difficult for anybody to predict Manchester City's lose at the moment. So yeah, I'll go two nil. But um, I think we're going to see Arsenal do quite well towards the end of the season. I think they've got a tricky run coming up, but I think they their last sort of eight or nine games they've got quite a nice run in. So I could see them finishing the season strongly and taking that into next year. So I think Arsenal are starting to turn a corner. But yeah, I can't see them beating Manchester City, unfortunately. Not even just beating them. I think the the question at the moment is, can you score against City? Because they seem impenetrable there as well, especially in open play. Um, I, I think I, I don't think um, Arsenal are going to be able to beat City. But I think the good thing for Arsenal in this game is not many people will be expecting them to beat Man City in this game, so they kind of have a free hit. And I'm hoping that Arteta is, is bold in in saying, look, if we get hammered in this game, so be it. But at least let's go after them and and try and get that shock win it's more likely that he's going to be more tactical than that 
and try and suffocate City and, and keep it a low-scoring game. But if, if he does that, I think it plays into City's hands. If he tries to do that playing out the back thing, I think that plays into City's hands even more because they, they're they one of the teams that know exactly when to press, who to press, how to set the, the traps for the pressing. And if you've got guys like David Luiz who are very ambitious with the ball and, and capable at times... I can see them looking to set traps for him. And, and we saw Liverpool with um, Upamecano this past week. I, I can see a similar situation happening to Luis where he just struggles in this game and then they really target him. I'm going to go with a 4-1 Chelsea, I mean 4-1 Man City win. I'm giving Arsenal a goal, but I, I just think Man City continue to roll the good times and, and kind of trot their way to another Premier League title. Uh, a team that's uh, I've seen some of their fans are still hoping they they're in the title race and and catching Man City. It's obviously the neighbours. It's Man United. They come up against your Newcastle side. Jake, are you the team to stop Man United's title run? Well, I mean they've won one game in their last five Premier League games, <laughs> so it's not really much of a title run at the moment. Um, see, I'm going to put out quite a bold prediction. I'm. I'm I'm going to oh, say that Manchester yes. United are not going to finish in the top four. I've just been watching wow. the race. I, just, I can't see it. We've seen it with Solskjaer. Um, they go on these these up and down runs. Um, they sort of they, 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 it's really up and down. They they go on a really good run, and you know suddenly he's doing a great job, but then it it starts to turn. Um, the dwarf, the field issues start start to come in, and I've started to see the Ollie out brigade on Twitter, and I'm starting to think. I don't see. I don't think we're at the end of this yet. I think there's going to be a few more bad results. You know, the Europa League is not going to help them. They probably should have got through their Champions League group in the position they were in and and dropping into that competition. It's going to hurt them. So yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict them not to finish in the top four. And taking that into account, I think I'm gonna back a surprise two-one Newcastle win this weekend. I'm gonna go for it. Um, I, you know, if I was to if I was to really put put my uh, prediction into it I don't think Newcastle are going to win but there's nothing riding on this so I'll, I'll go for it I think there's a, a, there's reasons to think Newcastle will get someone out of the game I think that Manchester United struggle when they're pressed high up the pitch a lot of teams don't do it but in Maguire and um, Maguire and Lindelof they're not too great when they're pressed uh, I think De Gea is the same and Newcastle at the moment it, it may be not the best pressing system but there's pressing going on and they've got players in Almiron and um, Willock and and St. Maximan, who are quick as well, so they can quickly press you. And we saw it against Southampton, uh, the amount of times we won the ball in 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 our in our own attack and in half to go and to get shots in against Chelsea, it didn't work out. But I think Chelsea just it was a tactical masterclass from from Tuchel, and it's not going to be the first one we see. Um, so yeah, I think Manchester United are not going to be quite as clever if they were to. Um, I think if they were to to set up with Dan James in the team, maybe it would be different because I think the the way to at the moment Newcastle can't defend down the flanks. So that's where you can get us. But if they play with Rashford and and Martial as sort of inside forwards, and then you rely on Wan-Bissaka and Shaw to get to provide the whip. I think Shaw's been improving, but they're not they're not the best attacking fullbacks. Um, and I think the likes of Saint Maximan and Elmeron. Um, you, know, you could even say Jolinton or Gale. They've got pace, so if you if we can win the ball back and quickly set up counter attacks with with 
with the fullbacks out of position for Manchester United and say Maximan running at Maguire and Matic and Fred, you just I I can see reason to think that we're going to have quite a lot of success against Manchester United. That's if we can win the ball. Obviously, if if Manchester United dominate possession uh, and just sort of push us back and get Fernandez and Rashford on the ball, could easily go another direction. We, I mean, I could easily see Manchester United winning four 0 and it being quite the possession. But I think. I think if Newcastle go in with the same game plan and, and we're confident in it and we press high, I think we can get a lot of success. Um, and it's a type of game that that Manchester United at the moment are still in. Nobody's really talking about them dropping out of the top four. So and, and nobody really thinks they're in a title race. So maybe there's not going to be quite that energy or that that, that we've seen from them in recent weeks. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for a two-one Newcastle winner. I just think that the styles of the two teams at the moment could really lend itself to a surprise result as long as Newcastle go and be brave and play with the same intensity we have been. Obviously, without Callum Wilson, we might not have the goal threat, but I think Willock looks like he, he's he's quite good in, in the final third. I think Almiron and St. Maximan are both capable, and Dwight Gale is as well. I think towards the end of last season, he got four goals in the uh, after lockdown, so he can definitely score Premier League goals. So I think, that, I think there's reason for Newcastle to go in there with a confident game plan, if it if it goes wrong, then it goes wrong. You know, you're losing against Manchester United. It's not going to end your season. But at the same time, there's definitely a potential for you to pick up the big result. And there's been times before. I think it was in Rafa's last season or, or the one before, where he um we were sort of looking like we were going to drop into relegation zone. That we played Manchester United and beat them one nil. Steve Bruce last season, we beat Manchester United one nil at home. Um, we haven't won at Old Trafford for a while, but we. We've shown that we can beat this Manchester United team. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for it again. I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. You heard it here first from the king himself. The king of Bankett or Burnett is banking the fact that Man United are not going to finish in the top four. And not just that, the team that's probably going to put that first jab and then and that probably not a knockout punch, but the knockdown punch is going to be Newcastle 2-1 score. Jake, I'm I'm not as optimistic as you, unfortunately, for this game. Um, I, I would love to be in that camp. I, I think it's going to end one-one. I do think you guys are going to cause them problems, and you know their their game against Real Sociedad is at the Juventus Stadium, so they're traveling to Italy in, instead of Spain this time around. I think they're going to have a lot of focus on Europa League this season because it's a it's an avenue to get a trophy, as you said. Um, and and I think as well, I don't think it's likely that they win the Premier League this season. Um, and certainly not if, if, if you're saying they're not going to make top four either. So Europa League is an opportunity for them to go and win a trophy. And I think the likes of the Bruno Fernandeses, they're going to see that and say, I could win a trophy here and, and are going to be having their eyes more fixed on that than uh, a game against Newcastle. No disrespect to Newcastle, but I... I I just think they're going to underestimate Newcastle and that's going to be a recipe for disaster. But I, I would love to go and, and, and join you and push push to that 2-1, but I just think it's going to be a 1-1. But I, I do love the ambition. I do like the game plan that you've set up for Newcastle. I think it could be really successful in that game. Speaking of game plans in games, um, we move on to Brighton versus Crystal Palace. Brighton have had a pretty good game plan for most games this season, Jake. Not always gotten the favourable result. Yeah, it hasn't. But I think recently they've been very good. Um, 
obviously beat um, Tottenham and Liverpool and got a, a draw away at Burnley, which is not a bad result. Um, it could always be tough to go away, away to Burnley, um, the way they play. Um, so I don't think that's a bad result. And against Aston Villa, they really should have won. So they, they've been playing really well for a while and the results are st- slowly starting to, to match the performances. Um, there's obviously a bit of a rivalry between um, Brighton and Palace and if fans are in it might have been um, slightly different I think Palace have had a lot of success in this fixture since uh, Brighton came back to the Premier League but watching Palace at the moment they just for me they look like they're one of the worst teams in the league Um, I don't think I think they're only going to finish lower in the table than they currently are I can't see them moving up Um, and this is a game they'll be looking at to win um, to, to sort of put the supporters' minds at rest about relegation, but I, I can't see it. I think Brighton have got such a, a positive game plan. They've got such a nice style of play and it will, it, Palace are going to struggle to even get the ball, I think. Um, and if the Zaha is not fit, which it doesn't look like he's going to be, um, yeah, I can't see them winning. They just seem to have a, a complex about Zaha that they can't win football matches. Um, and yeah, I think Brighton are going to win and keep a clean sheet. I think maybe a 2-0 Brighton you know, a team that's just lost three nil at home to Burnley, you can't back them to do anything other than lose. So yeah, I'm gonna go two nil Brighton and uh Brighton are gonna start to put a good run together, I think. That would be music to the ears of Brighton fans and I'm sure that would be one then confirming one of your other predictions on the show that you guys as Newcastle taking the win against Man United, leapfrogging Crystal Palace and, and securing that position ahead of Crystal Palace, I'm sure, would be a great weekend for you. I'm I'm going to go with a 1-0 Brighton win. I don't know if they'll get as many goals as two goals in this game, but I think they've got enough to get one goal and, and see this game out. Zaha has still got that hamstring injury. I don't know if he makes it back for this game. He's scheduled for late February, so I, I don't know if they rush him back for this game or... or he sits it out, but without him in the team, I'm not too optimistic um, about this fixture. I think Brighton will be able to play play Palace out. I'm 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 very worried to to say play them off the park because um, I, I don't know if it will be that dominant, but I do think that Brighton are going to have more of the ball, more possession, and and move the Crystal Palace players around in this game. Uh, it will be interesting to see how the Crystal Palace legs react to this, obviously with the um, uh, insane amount of injuries that they have at the moment. Um, they feel like they're, they're quite extended and I think that's going to play favorably into Brighton's hands. But Jake, we started the weekend off with Leeds and we end the weekend off with Leeds. They have the last game of this game week. Uh, they host Southampton at Elland Road. How do you think that this game is going to go to round off uh, game week 25? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good game. Um, two teams that don't really know how to defend. So you'd think there's going to be a lot of goals in this one. Um, I think it could possibly be the game that has the most goals in the uh, in all the fixtures we've discussed. I think there's a lot of goals. And if, if you do play fantasy football, I think either Patrick Bamford or Danny Ings as a captain this week could be the way to go. I think that they're both going to score a few across the two matches that they've got. Um, but yeah, I think I was talking about Southampton earlier. I think that they're going to get a win eventually and I think it's going to come here. I think the, the way Leeds play is really going to lend itself to Southampton in that 
they can concede a few goals, but they will also have a lot of opportunities to score. Um, and I think I'm going to go as high as 4-3 to Southampton. I can really see that being that many goals. These teams really can't defend. They've both got good attacking options. And yeah, it's going to be a really, really good game. Potentially even game of the season. I think it's going to be that good to watch. Um, I don't think either team are going to go down. I don't think either team are going to get into Europe. So there's not going to be a lot riding on it. But it's just going to be great to watch. And, and Bielsa going up against Hassan Hussle, you know, two really good managers. It's going to be a great thing to watch with little riding on it. But it'll still be uh, something worth tuning in for. So yeah, I'm going to go 4-3. And I might even tip Danny Ings to get a hat-trick. And I think it oh. might be his first first in the Premier League. I think that might be. So that might be my uh, bonus tip for this one. But yeah, I can definitely say there been a lot of goals, whatever happened. That would be the perfect way for neutrals to end this weekend. Uh, perfect way for Southampton fans to end this weekend. Not so much for Leeds fans, but I agree with you in that this is going to be a high-scoring game. I've got it here as 3-2 to Southampton. I, I agree with you in that I think... They need a reaction game. I'm not sure they get it in the game before this. So it, it lends to to believe that they will get it in this game because against that Chelsea side, I think we, we've both predicted 3-1 for that game. And that would then be another loss on the record. They'll be looking for a massive reaction. And this leads, leads with the way they play would be the perfect uh, game that you'll be eyeing to get a reaction. Um, and I can see Hazen really targeting that one. Um, maybe you don't say it out publicly, and then you would hope as a Southampton fan they don't say it internally because you don't want to go into any game thinking you're going to lose it. But maybe they'll say, okay, if we if we don't do too well in that Chelsea game, it's okay. But that Leeds game, we have to get the result. And the only way they're going to be beating this Leeds side is if they score at least three goals because Leeds are firing as well. They're, they're not shy to get goals. And as you said, Bamford and Ings, um, if if you've into betting, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are lots of bets for both of them to be on the score sheet for this one. So I've gone 2-3 to Southampton. You've gone 3-4 to Southampton. Uh, Southampton end the weekend well. And we end this podcast for this week. Uh, Jake, that's going to do it for this episode of A Tad Predictable. Do you have anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? Yeah, you can get me uh, on Twitter at Jake Jack with two N's. I uh, obviously write for EPL Index and I've got the article on uh, Emil Smith-Rowe going up. If you go and check that one out in the next couple of days, um, that'd be great. Awesome stuff. Um, yeah, I highly recommend you go check out all of jake's articles on eplindex.com from my end um, not just checking out jake's articles but all the articles on epl index website would be greatly appreciated uh, you can also listen to the daily podcast show the two-footed podcast with dave hendrick and finally also check out our flagship show that runs weekly it's the epr roundtable where kev debris sits with sits down with um EPL uh, fans from around the league and they go through all the previews and reviews of the happenings around the EPL. You can follow this podcast, A Tad Predictable, on the Twitter page, A Tad Predictable. You can follow EPL Index at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index on your favorite podcast providers. Um, give us awesome ratings if you're so inclined. 
I've been Tadio Chinakira. You can find me on Twitter handle at Tad Predicts. The lovely lady that does our guest intro is still top of her fantasy Premier League. Jody is at Spursy141. Our producer behind the glass, Guy Drinkle, he's at Guy Drinkle on the Twitters. He's been Jake Jackman. That's at Jake Jackman with two N's. And remember, Jacinda Perry, Juno Shura. Podcast Network.